the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Dan Bongino knows. You remember Dan, a major contributor to Fox there for a while, had his own show on Saturday night, uh, couldn't come to an agreement to extend his contract. So he left a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. So he's out. Uh, he's out there doing podcasts as a radio show. Well, Dan was also a secret service agent, secret service agent. And imagine being someone like him who did that for 12 years and then hearing the story that the Secret Service wasn't able to determine who left the bag of cocaine at the White House. Now, forget about the insult to everybody's intelligence, which is what it is. Think about what an insult it is to former and current Secret Service agents. Here's what uh, Bongino said, quote, A lot of my former colleagues in the Secret Secret Service, they are absolutely furious about this. These are good guys, guys who worked for Obama and Bush. They know exactly who it was, unquote. He went on to say that based on the area where it was found, it could only have been left by one of about 200 people. And he said that common sense tells you that it's either Hunter Biden or one of his buddies. Maybe we'll never know, but why would anybody believe for one minute that the Secret Service doesn't know who it is. And the fact that the Biden administration is okay with embarrassing the Secret Service in front of the world says a lot, doesn't it? Here's what Bongino said about that. Quote, the question is, who's pressuring them to find out who did it? And it's got to be coming from this White House. This is terrible. Don't destroy this agency like the FBI. It's really unbecoming, unquote. And well, Joe Biden being president is kind of unbecoming. When we come back, uh, boy, do American public schools stink. We have a retired teacher from the Manhattan Institute with all the stats and probably the only solution. And in our second half hour, Christine Flowers, who's been a guest on this show many times, is a columnist and a pundit in Philadelphia, will be here. She's also an immigration law attorney, and she deals with people seeking asylum all the time. She's going to talk about liberals who are trashing the movie The Sound of Freedom as a right-wing conspiracy theory. She says it's anything but. Stick around. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consumer Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JND waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And... By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1 800 Very Dry. JD Waterproofing. 1 800 Very Dry. 
Hun, we need to stop putting off getting life insurance. I know. It's just been so busy, and I'm sure the cost is out of our budget. Well, Jen told me that they got a $500,000 term life insurance policy from Ethos for less than $23 a month. All online with no complicated forms and no medical exam. All they had to do was answer a few health questions. Wait, no medical exam and all online? I know, right? It's not easy to think about, but if something happened to you, James and I would be... Okay, I get it. Let's get a quote from Ethos right now. Wow, you were right. There's no medical exam. And Ethos makes the whole online process fast and easy. And look at these rates and coverage options. It's great protection and totally fits our budget. Ethos, they've removed all the barriers from getting coverage. Go to checkethos.com to get your free online quote. That's checkethos.com. Quote based on a healthy, non-smoking 30-year-old male with a 20-year term policy. Rates may vary. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. This is John Steigerwald. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98. Regular price is $69.98 and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all my pillow products such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size my pillow for $19.98 or call 800 716 8087 and use promo code STAG. This offer comes with a 10 year warranty so you know it's going to last and a 60 day money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go Go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you don't have to uh, look too far to find advertisements for school choice. We're not talking about paid advertisements here, of course. We're talking about stories that are uh, glaring examples of why parents need to have choice to uh, a choice to send uh, to where to send their kids. And there's no better example than the test scores. Larry Sand of Manhattan Institute is a retired teacher. He's also president of the California Teachers Empowerment Network. He joins us now. Uh, Larry, thanks for coming on. appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Sure. sure. Yeah, so um, we, as I said, uh, introducing you here, and I don't know if you heard it, that um, you know there are advertisements out there for school choice all the time, not paid advertisements, but just examples of why... Uh, Parents need to have a choice of where to send their kids. You're a retired teacher. Uh, Before we get to the bad news on the scores uh, and the stats that you have here, uh, as a teacher, did you find that standardized test scores were an accurate reflection of how much kids were actually learning in school? Yeah, I, I certainly do. They don't measure everything, obviously. If you're teaching creative writing, there's no way to put a standardized test score on that. But if you're teaching math or basic English or history, of course, I mean, testing got a bad name, mostly by the teachers' unions, you know, because they, because testing does work, and it shows that some teachers are better than others, and for the teachers' unions, all teachers are wonderful. So, um, anyway, yes, uh, uh, testing is important. It well, certainly is. Over the years, I heard uh, uh, complaints from people who said that the tests, be- they became too dependent on the tests and they began teaching kids um, in a way that would allow them to do well on the tests, but it didn't necessarily mean they were learning anything. Was that ever the case? Well, yeah, the, the, the old line is teaching to the test. If you just teach what's on the test, yeah, that, that can be a problem. Yeah. But, you know, just to, it's, you know, I like to use math. I used to be a math teacher for part of my career. Yeah. And, you know, if you're supposed to teach kids two and two, and two and two are four, and then you test them. Uh, you're going to test them on two and two is four. So I mean, yeah, there's not much I you mean, can do uh, with math. Yeah, really. So yeah, I mean, I guess some teachers might, might carry a little too far, but it, all in all, it's not a legitimate reason not to have testing because some teachers abuse it. So how bad are the scores? Uh, let's start with math. That's your favorite subject. Yeah, well, the the, the scores were – the tests admitted late last year showed that the declines for 13-year-olds, these are the latest results, the results I wrote about recently, 
um, is 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 just terrible. I mean, it was the according to Peggy Carr, she said the mathematics decline for thirteen year olds was the single largest decline we've ever we have observed in the last half a century. And she's the commissioner of the National Center for Education Statistics, the ones who administered the test, which is called NAEP, NAEP National Assessment of Educational Progress. So uh, these these tests that they're not scoring on. Is it, and we were talking about 13 year olds. That's, um, are we into algebra yet there? Or are we talking about not being able to do multiplication and division? No, I mean, algebra can be taught in eighth or ninth grade, but where it's taught in eighth grade, that's to more advanced students. So the, 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 the eighth grade NAEP is not, I don't think there's any algebra. I haven't seen a NAEP test in a while, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any algebra on it whatsoever. No, this is just basic stuff. You know, so, multiplication, division, things like that. So, uh, as a teacher, I mean, how how would that show up? You're a retired teacher, but if 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 you're a teacher and you're teaching a class, and um, and you know you have a you have a curriculum to to follow, and uh, you have a, a lesson plan, I guess, or a book that you go th- by. At what point do you realize, you know, these, the the school year starts in September, and um, you know by Thanksgiving. You find out that half the kids in the class can't multiply three times nine. I mean, how do you find out? How do you not know that things are bad? Why does it need a test? I, I guess. Yeah, well, especially in math, you have to know this because if you give periodic tests, you know what kids yeah. are doing well and what kids aren't. That's the the, the point of testing. It's, a, it's it's an analytic device, an assessment device to find out who is doing what, who can do what, who can't do what. And, and of course, I mean, this shouldn't have been a surprise. And, I mean, a lot of people are blaming the pandemic, and clearly the hysterical response to the pandemic definitely did damage. But as many people in the know pointed out, the score has been falling for a long time. Maybe the pandemic quickened the pace, but the, the, the kids are getting, let's, well, I would say dumber, less intelligent or mm-hmm. less knowledgeable over time. But, um,. Have the have the tests themselves changed at all? No, I, I when I was teaching, I was also a testing coordinator for many years. And one year, we we uh, the, the NAEP came to our school, and I was very curious to see how they handled it. And they handled it like true professionals. I was sort of their assistant, and I I did what they told me. I mean, I got names, and they they went through, and they wanted to test you know, X amount of kids, and they picked out, literally, I gave them a roster, and they picked out every 10th name, and it was objective. And, you know, and, and I watched as they administered the test, and it, it couldn't be more fair. I was very impressed. I guess what I'm, I have trouble figuring out, and again, I'm, I'm not a former teacher, you are, but uh, I don't know when these tests are given, if they're given in the middle and the end of the year, or whenever they're given, it doesn't matter. Um at some point, if you're a teacher, and over a period of time beyond just this year or this you know this class that's coming through, don't at what point do you say, well, I'm doing something wrong here? I, I, I every class that comes through, they can't they can't multiply, they can't divide. Um, at what point do you say, well, what are we doing here? Let's do something different. Why do they keep doing the same thing? I, I, kids oh. kids aren't dumber than they used to be. Well, no, but I mean, it's, well, as I pointed out in my piece, I, I think the main reason is that you have too many subpar teachers. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that's, that, I guess, if something's I mean, wrong. You know, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, most teachers are competent and some are great, but there are some really bad teachers, and unfortunately, they're protected by the unions. And as I, as I mentioned, I mean, if Eric Hanyashek, who's a, a scholar out here in California, pointed out that if we could just get rid of the bottom five to seven percent of teachers, we could have a world class education system. Now, that, and that, that's true in any profession. Former CEO of GE, Jack Welch, said the ten percent of bottom ten percent of every profession should be let go. You know, there are just people who aren't good. You know, and they they need to be fired. and They can find something else they're better at. But with teachers, you can't fire them, and who, and who who is victimized by this horrible system? But you know, defenseless children. And where are the teacher? Are the teachers coming from the same places they've always come from? Yeah, they go to ed schools, which are the, the late great Walter Williams pointed out are the slums of every <laughs> university. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't learn a damn thing in ed school. I mean, I took, I think, 11 courses. I got 10 A's, and I'm not bragging. I didn't do anything yeah. to earn them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was just a mill. So this the, is Cal State LA, which is a pretty prominent school. You're uh, talking about the education courses, the how to teach people. That's a course. Yeah, in, yeah I'm sorry. Yeah, I was talking about education methods classes, and well, um, yeah, I mean they they were useless. I mean, I, I, I you get more knowledge sitting in you know just sort of doing an apprenticeship. Sit sit sitting with a good teacher for about 15 minutes, and you learn tons how mm-hmm. to teach, how to control classes, what to do if there's a problem. Instead of, I mean, that's what we should do. Instead of wasting time and money going to ed school, I mean, by and large, it's a waste. And history and civics are no better than math, I guess. Yeah, the, these those scores were released in May, and they found out, and these numbers are just ghastly. Thirteen percent of eighth graders met proficiency standards in U.S. history, and and this is just you know it's basic stuff, you know, explaining major themes, periods, events, people, ideas, turning points in the country's history, etc. And additionally, 20% of those students scored at or above the proficient level in civics. And these are the scores, these are the lowest scores of all time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's across the curriculum. Well, I've, um, I, I'm sure you've seen them. I've seen some man-on-the-street interviews that have been done. I've seen them on Fox, uh, Jesse Waters' show. He sends people out to events and out to the beach. And it'll be, and he'll say, "Who was the first president of the United States?" <laughs> and I, 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 I sometimes I can't believe. I think there's no way that can possibly be true. I mean, it's funny and everything, but they, you know, this is a setup. And they, they'll say Abraham Lincoln, or they'll they'll say Richard Nixon. It's it's beyond yeah. belief what's out there. Yeah, yeah, I've seen things. I mean, Jay uh, Jay Leno used to do this all the time when yeah, he was on the yeah, Tonight Show. Yeah. He would call jaywalking. He'd go out and, you know, yeah. just nice nice people, amenable people, college-graduated people who didn't know the most basic things, that, you know, like you're describing. Yeah, um, no, it's it's uh, it, incredible. I'm I'm uh, a baby boomer, so I've been around a while, and I. Mm. but my <laughs> parents would not allow, forget the schools, my parents would not allow me to walk around thinking that Abraham Lincoln was the first president of the United States. What are they going to do with my yeah, teacher? Yeah, yeah my, my, my parents wouldn't have either. I'm a fellow boomer. And, uh, yeah. yeah, parents do, you know, while most of the blame needs to be laid at, at the feet of teachers, um, I, parents do need to get more involved in the kids' education. And that is happening now. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that the, the pandemic served as well for because we, we parents had a you know, a zoom eye view of what was going on. A lot didn't like it, and then we have all the political stuff happening uh, now. So, yeah, and parents are finally waking up. I mean, late, but better late than never. We're talking to Larry Sand of Manhattan Institute. Um, He has a piece up about uh, the just rotten scores put put up by uh, school kids in the United States. Just terrible at Manhattan Institute. Um, And and uh, he's a former uh, teacher and also president of the California Teachers Empowerment Network. Um, so uh, what about the usual arguments, not enough money being spent? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned in the piece, uh, sp- between 71 and ni- 2019, there was a 140% increase in funding. And these are numbers are, uh, adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, it more than double went from seven thousand and change to seventeen thousand and change, correcting for inflation. Money is not the problem. And then uh, the other big thing that uh, the education establishment likes to talk about is small class size. Yeah. And when we we've had that too since nineteen twenty one, last hundred years, the class size averages shrunk, uh, uh, shrunk. Excuse me, from thirty three to one to sixteen to one. That is not the problem. It's too many bad teachers. Well, that's the one that makes me laugh the most because I went to Catholic school, and as I said, I'm a baby boomer. And I'm not exaggerating one bit that, well, that the grade schools that I went to and even the high schools that I went to, uh, the average class size I would say would be 50. Put it this way. 50 was not the least bit unusual to have 50. It was somewhere between 40 and 50 kids at least in every class that I took. And there could have, and some, some teachers that I had, there could have been four students in there. We would have gotten away with murder. And in other words, there could have been 400, and nobody would utter a peep while that guy was at the front of the class. 
Yep. Yeah. No. I well, I I went to a public school, but I had a similar experience. And I, uh, on, on on my wall right near me now, I have a, I have a picture of my third grade class in the mid fifties with spinster like Miss McCormick, our wonderful <laughs> teacher. There were forty three kids in my class, mm-hmm. and we didn't have fights. And we, you know, yeah, kids talked, and you know, she yeah. just would, you know, get her back up and give you the big eyes, and it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> well, I I had Christian brothers, and uh, one of them would. He would be writing something on the board, and if he heard uh, a, a, a little bit of a whisper or something behind him, he would turn around in one motion and f- just absolutely fire the, the piece of chalk right at their head. <laughs> and, uh, and hope that he was aiming at the right kid and hope that he would hit the right kid, and nobody yeah. ever went home and told their parents about it. It was just you knew in Brother Henry's class – you didn't. Uh-huh. You just didn't do anything. So I have no patience for the class size thing because to me, uh, forget you don't have to be go back to the Catholic schools of the you know the fifties and the sixties, but it's it's all about discipline. And there's nobody backing the teachers up anywhere. Is that is that the way it's going? Well, yeah. I mean, we go back to parents again, and parents need to do a better job. I mean, when I we would have like open school night, open school week, whatever. All the parents that came were the parents you didn't need to talk to. These were the, you know, the really good kids. <laughs> yeah. And it was the, the, the parents who didn't show up who you really needed to show up because these are the kids who were messing around in school. So, yeah, I mean, parents certainly need to become more involved. But as I mentioned earlier, this is happening uh, as we speak. So it's uh, to be continued. So there, who is left to blame, though, uh, bottom line, other than bad teachers? It's, it's just the numbers, they don't lie. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like if you're eating a bad meal in a restaurant, it's probably because I have a bad cook. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, assuming that, you know, the food's not poison, it's, it's the, the, the people who are preparing it. So I think that that's where the energy needs to go. And as I mentioned, we need to start making it easier to get rid of bad teachers. And, and the, the teachers' unions have too much power in this country. Well, how's, how do you do that? It's, it's, I don't see it's the unions. You're not going to bust that union. Well, I mean, you you do it as I mean through school choice. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, and, yeah. and and that has been happening finally, thank God. I mean, it's been happening much more quickly. State, a lot of state, I think seven or eight states now have just adopted universal choice in the last year or two. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, it's happening as we speak. Mm-hmm. And that way, so and and not all public schools are bad. Clearly, yeah. most do a you know a fair middling job. But, um, you know, if you're in a school or, more importantly, in a class with a bad teacher, you need to get your kid out of that as soon as possible. And it's nice if you can get a few bucks to send your kid to a private school. Or the best option is homeschool if you can. Of course, you know, if you're a single parent, you have Mm -hmm. to go out to work. You can't really homeschool your kid. Yeah, so competition is the only solution. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, of course, the unions just hate that. You know, they go, oh, you're taking funds away from us you know, as if you have earned it. Please. Yeah, I mean, is there any is there any area of the country that is where there is more proof it, than there is with with the, with the numbers that you just threw out there that 13 percent of the people can't of, of the uh, of the of the people you're teaching are good at what you're teaching them. I mean, what else? Where else could you find any field that fails at eighty-seven percent and keeps their job? Really? Exactly. Yeah. No, I made this point in my writing, and it's a very important point. There is no other area. Nobody, you know, if you if you go to a supermarket and have bad food, you stop going to the market. Yeah. You're not forced to go to the market down the street from where you live. The way you're forced to go down to the school down the street from where you live in most places. You don't have to go to your zip code mandated uh, right. Ralphs or you know Vons or whatever the supermarket right. is in your neck of the woods. Why? Why do we? Why the nearest doctor? I mean, you don't have to go to the doctor down the street from where you live. You can go to a doctor anywhere you want. Yeah. But why, why not school? I mean, this is like an old model, and we just need to get rid of it. It, ne- it needs to be blown up, frankly. Well, you have all the proof, Larry, uh, on at your piece at uh, at um, city journal dot org. Larry Sand of Manhattan Institute. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll be back. With SRN 
News. I'm John Scott. The Senate takes up its version of the National Defense Authorization Act this week. The upper chamber will vote Tuesday on a motion to advance the bill for consideration. The Senate is crafting its own version of the NDAA rather than working with the version passed by the House last week. The Democrat-controlled Senate will likely try to sidestep a number of conservative amendments found in the House version, including pushback on progressive priorities in the military involving abortion, transgender rights, diversity, and inclusion. Bob Agner reporting. The head of the Teamsters says he has asked the White House not to intervene if unionized UPS workers end up going on strike. Negotiations between the delivery company and the union have been at a standstill for more than a week now. The union has vowed it would strike if an agreement not reached by the July 31st deadline. The Dow is up 82 points. The S&P 500 up 16. This is SRN News. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. In the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Brandon Tatum is fired up. You are a complete fool, and I would argue a complete coward, if you do not at least acknowledge and admire what was done to gain our independence. You are a complete coward if you decide that it's not worth celebrating 1776 and our independence. The Officer Tatum Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. Join Beth Andrews of Networth Advisors for the Networth Financial Hour, Saturdays at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 7 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 11. Get the news and information you need to help make your retirement dreams a reality. Don't miss the Networth Financial Hour with Beth Andrews, Saturdays at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 7 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 11. Firm offers insurance services. Networth Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. An air quality alert remains in effect. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight with a couple of heavy thunderstorms this evening, followed by a thunder shower in spots late. Storms can bring flash flooding and damaging winds to low 64. Clouds and sun tomorrow with a thunderstorm around in the afternoon. Smoke from Canadian wildfires can reduce air quality and create hazy skies, the high 80. Clouds and sun for Wednesday, a bit less humid, high 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if you haven't seen uh, Sound of Freedom, the movie, yet, uh, go see it. Uh, lots of people have seen it already. It's expected to go over $100 million in uh, ticket sales this week, I think. It's beating Indiana Jones like a drum, which it should, because that movie stinks. And uh, liberals hate it because it was produced by conservatives with a Christian conservative as a star, and they're calling it a QAnon conspiracy theory movie. 
It's about child trafficking, and Christine Flowers is a columnist for the Delco County Times and a radio TV pundit in Philadelphia, but she's also an immigration law attorney, and she joins us now. Hola, Christine. Como estas? Hola, Juan. Como estas? You're in Puerto You're in Puerto Rico, yeah. I am in San Juan, Puerto Rico. It's actually, um, it's really beautiful. I'm I'm sitting on the front steps of the hacienda that we rented, and I'm looking at the Atlantic Ocean, and it is just, it's stunningly beautiful, but it's wreaking havoc with my hair, because it's about 93% humidity, so, you know. (laughs) One of those bad hair days. Small price to pay for paradise. So, how are you guys in Pittsburgh? Everybody's I hear that you're good. expecting hot, some storms, humid. right? Yeah, hot and humid, and uh, people are people are putting up pictures of uh, your hometown of Philadelphia of the ugly scenes in the uh, the homeless and the drug-addled people on the street, and uh, and predicting that Pittsburgh is next because they're about to elect a socialist uh, county executive and a and a George Soros uh, DA. So that's what they're talking about back here. Well, you know, that kills me, and I don't know if, if I can be Cassandra, you know, I'll, well, Cassandra was the one that spoke and no one believed, but yep. if I could just speak to any of your, your listeners who are voting out there, they really need to look at Philadelphia and see what has happened after 60, 70 years of Democratic rule. Now, I will say that in Philly, we were able to dodge the bullet. Um, we talked about this before in the mayoral primary. We knocked down two of the most progressive of the candidates, um, including the one who is essentially a communist. And we we have a Democrat who, and let's be honest, the Democrats always win in the general election in Philadelphia. So we have a Democrat who is going to win, who is much more of a traditional Democrat, um, and she's actually expressed sympathy for law enforcement. I don't know how far that's going to go, but she's an African-American woman from a neighborhood that's been racked with crime. And so you would think that she does have some understanding of what we need in order to keep our city safe. Um, she's also against safe injection sites. So, I mean, I have some hope there. And I would I would really, I would pray, I don't know what's happening to Pittsburgh. I have a, a great deal of respect for my Pittsburgh cousins. And I just don't understand how they would allow, how you, not you, but how they mm-hmm. would allow the city to be held hostage to this ideology that is toxic, that is hostile to family, to faith, to tradition, um, and that really is is jaundiced, morally jaundiced philosophy. There is nothing good, nothing good in progressivism as we know it today. So again, Christine Cassandra is out here pleading with the people of Pittsburgh not to commit suicide. Yeah, well, <clears throat> they've had a mayor, a Democratic mayor here for I think it's 89 years now, so good, good luck with that. Uh anybody other than a Democrat. But the well, reason I wanted to talk to you, Christine, is that uh, you had a tweet about, that's what caught my attention, you had a tweet about the liberals attacking attacking the movie uh, Sound of Freedom. Uh, what was your message there when you saw that the, uh, the movie that you've seen um, has been attacked? So first of all, uh, i got to correct you there. I have not seen it. Oh, okay. I all cannot- right. I can't find it. And that's part of the story. It is limited in its release. The city of Philadelphia, it's nowhere. Come on. It's in a North Philadelphia neighborhood, okay? And I'm not going to North Philly. Um, I'm not going to risk my life going up to uh, a theater that is known for not being an incredibly safe theater. That Mm -hmm. is the only place in within my region, my area, Center City. Now, there are some other places in the Northeast, out in the suburbs. Uh, It takes a while to get there. I don't drive, so I have to do it on public transportation. And I had a very short uh, window of opportunity before I left for vacation. But I intend to do it as soon as I come back. Yeah. I can't believe it's not being shown because... um, It's it's not. (laughs) The theater I saw it in was sold out. Uh, and the yeah. the next showing after I left, I asked on my way out. That was sold out, and it's going to make a hundred million dollars. John, we're talking about Philly, okay? We're talking yeah. about the the cultural, uh, the the uh, the I don't know Sodom and Gomorrah. We have a mayor who tried 
to take down the statue of Christopher Columbus because yeah. of things he yeah. did apparently 500 years ago. Okay, which he didn't do, by the way. Right. But so it's not a, it's not surprising that my beloved hometown is basically uh, engaging in an embargo of the film. Now, um, I think that's part of the story too. I think that liberals are afraid of this movie because of the traction that it's gotten in popular culture. They are trying. I read a Rolling Stone, I read two Rolling Stone columns that were yeah. ridiculous and so biased about this. They're trying to make it seem as if excuse me, only QAnon supporters and only right-wing, um, you know, Trump supporters and only um, religious bigots mm-hmm. are the ones who are going to see this film. And that's not the case. They're delegitimizing, let's say, the, the, the theme of the movie, which is child trafficking. And I know a lot about child and human trafficking. And that was the point of your practice. tweet. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what they are doing is they're diminishing a very important, very serious social problem to gain political and partisan traction. And they're saying that they're not doing it. They're saying, no, 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 we're, we're worried that the, um, that the actors in the film have some questionable connections to QAnon and conspiracy theories. And we're upset that and they even got a hold of some so-called human trafficking experts, you know, not the kind who do the human trafficking, but those who fight against it. Mm-hmm. And they're out there saying, oh, you know, it's misrepresenting the whole idea of what human trafficking is, and this isn't what really happens. And, you know, and, and, and it, it's, it's just, it's pretextual, because anything that we can do to get this social cancer out there in front of people and get their attention is worthwhile. Ignore the actor's backgrounds if you want. By the way, Jim Cavazio, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, is not a QAnon conspirator. He's not. They're making these people out to be these crazies, and they're not. But, But even if they were, let's say they were, how does that impact the legitimacy of the message that they're putting forth? Because most of the people that I've spoken to who have seen the movie, including you, obviously, have come away with this understanding that this is a real problem, and it's been brushed under the rugs for years. You know, listen, it took five years I to get the movie made, Christine. They're not exactly. made, distributed, released. Exactly. I think. I think. In fact, they started talking about the movie back in 2015. So we're talking almost a decade on that. You know, we finally have the movie made, and Disney washed its hands of it, or Disney lost their copyright. I don't know what happened, but you know, Disney the fa- the the, the uh, they they made their money on the backs of children. Why would they not then want to have any kind of interest and any kind of traction in a movie that is trying to protect children. Mm-hmm. What angers me, what angers me is the idea that the left stands on its moral high horse, which is a high horse made of sand, or moral high hill rather, I'm mixing my metaphors because I'm so angry, <laughs> so angry, angry at the left for lying about this film and lying about the intentions of this film, lying about Tim Ballard, who is the central character, a former DHS officer who, you know, obviously created Operation Underground Railroad. They're lying about the effectiveness and the impact of Operation Underground Railroad. They've got one quote from one person saying, oh, it played an insignificant role in helping children. Really? Really? Give us the facts. Let us let us be the judge about how impactful and effective Tim Ballard has been. It's only for the fact that he's bringing this message to an audience that is a lay audience that doesn't really have, let's say, a lot of uh, training and background and knowledge about what human trafficking is. And they're saying that it it exploits or it um, what's the what's the word it. Um, Oh, uh, you know, it, 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 it exaggerates um, what human trafficking is. It doesn't really show you how children and teenagers are trafficked. Well, if it gets you interested in the issue of human trafficking, if it opens that door, then you're going to do your own research. And you're going to find out that the vast majority of human trafficking is done by people that you know, that it's done by parents who sell their children into bondage. It's done by boyfriends who pimp 
their girlfriends out. It's done by uh, people who are taking advantage of LGBT youth. It's, there's so many different ways that human trafficking can occur. But to try and close off this route and to try and help people to turn away from this film, which is a legitimate, legitimate and accurate representation of this social cancer, is just wrong. What? And they're doing this because they hate conservatives and they hate Christians. They hate faith. They hate anything that is a counterpoint to their destructive, toxic, progressive, secular view. Well, you um, you you said in your tweet that you have dealt with people who have been trafficked. What? Give me an example of someone who would have been trafficked that you've come across. Okay. So let me give you an example of a young man who essentially was trafficked by his own father into the United States. The father brought him into the United States, and then instead of allowing this kid to go to school, what he essentially did was he forced the kid to leave school and to work. I mean, this was a minor, to work, um, obviously, under the table, to make money to pay back the coyotes to pay back the people that brought him over. So that's just one minor form of trafficking. I know of people who crossed the border who sexually abused on their way over. I know of women who were, young girls who were impregnated as they were making the, the trip from Central America to the border. All of this falls under um, the larger umbrella of trafficking, of human trafficking. And it's not just um, sexual issues, John. As I just told you, there some people are trafficked in for labor, for child labor. Um, some are, are brought in, you know, under the guise of, of, of coming in and, and being offered a job that there's, they think that they have a legitimate job offer in the United States. And then instead, they basically come in and they're used as slaves. They're, you know, they're not paid and they're being held as, as workers. And then, you know, they feel trapped because they're illegally here. And who are they going to go to? Are they going to go to the police? The police are going to tell ICE and then ICE is going to deport them. That's the mentality. Of course, there are ways to protect them. There are visas called the T visa, T as in Tom, um, for trafficking victims. There's the U visa, U as in umbrella, for victims of crime committed in the United States. There are S visas that are um, people who are victims of crime, and then they've been witnesses um, to help uh, ICE trap these traffickers. So, I mean, there are different ways of of of, of getting some kind of benefit, but they don't know this. So yeah, there's different forms of trafficking. To, to be honest, I haven't had as much experience with trafficked individuals. It's actually been fairly rare for me as I have with refugees and, and asylum and victims of crime in other countries, but it happens. And no immigration lawyer that has been practicing for more than 28 years, like I have, has been untouched by this mm -hmm. um, phenomenon. And it's increasing. And, you know, um, when I talk, I, I spoke, um, I, I, I wrote a couple of columns about my trip down to McAllen, Texas, a couple of, about three weeks ago. And one of the, the things that I noticed was when you say, when people say we need to secure the border, and I say that too, they're considered bigots. They're tarred as, um, you know, yeah. as, as xenophobes. Mm -hmm. And actually, those are the people, yeah, there are some xenophobes out there, believe me, I've met them, but a lot of people who are saying secure the border are doing it because they want to stop trafficking. Because when you have a fluid, open border, this is what happens. You're going to get this type of a population being brought over into the United States. We need to vet the people who are bringing people over. We need to vet the people who are coming over, if only to protect the vulnerable. And many of them are children, and many more of them are teenagers. Teenagers are make up the vast majority of people who are trafficked into the United States. It, unlike the film, I would say the, the only the only point that I would take issue with in the film, and it's not even I'm not really taking issue with the film itself, but it focuses on a minor, a, a little girl, whereas. In, in point of fact, the vast majority of people who are trafficked into the United States, <clears throat> excuse me, are 
um, teenagers. And one other thing, child trafficking goes on domestically as well. Child trafficking, child, child trafficking goes on within the state. So this isn't even just an immigration issue. This is an issue where you have, for example, um, homeless children, street children who, are, who become prey to pimps and then they're moved from one state to another. So this, this is a universal problem. And for the left to stand there and to, to lie, to lie about this film is disgusting. And when I was reading those Rolling Stone articles, all I could think of was, yeah, UVA, the UVA story. Yeah, you guys lie about yeah. that rape story. You guys have no legitimacy. Rolling Stone should not exist. That publication is crap. I'm sorry. I don't know if I was allowed to say that word. Yeah, but Rolling Stone has no legitimacy any longer. Well, um, I, uh, real quick, uh, I have a couple minutes, about a minute and a half left here. I, I um, the uh, when what what do you think? What's how much, Mike? Oh, I got less than a minute. I just want real quick, uh, Christine. Uh, what what do you think when you see the pictures of what's going on at, at, down at the border? You spoke about it a minute, just uh, uh, just a second ago. But uh, is how much of how much of truth are we getting from the media on that? Uh, it depends on the media that you're listening to. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of chaos at the border. Um, but I will tell you that the Border Patrol and ICE, they're doing their job. They're really trying. Their, their hands are tied. There are a lot of humanitarian organizations down there, like Catholic Charities, who are doing God's work. Um, and so it's, it's, it's complicated. It's as complicated and messed up as it looks. You're just, you just have to figure out who are the people you should be listening to um, because everybody has their own bias and their own story and their own perspective. And here I am, a conservative immigration lawyer. I think you can trust me mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> when I'm talking about this. I'm pretty legit on this. I cover both sides. Okay. Hey, Christine, I'm out of time. Enjoy your, uh, the rest of your trip down to uh, Puerto Rico. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, my dear. You oh, take care. You Bye. too. That's Christine Flowers. I'll be right back. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you. And without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years. And it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager. Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillow sold. Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. This is John Steigerwald. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98. Regular price is $69.98 and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last and a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency on earth. And if you owe back taxes, the news isn't good. The IRS is raising the interest rate it charges on unpaid taxes. And further rate hikes are expected. Most people don't know it, but the IRS adds interest charges to your tax debts daily. So if you owe the IRS today, you'll owe even more tomorrow. And it doesn't stop until you get right with the IRS. The good news is getting right can start with one phone call to Optima Tax Relief. 
America's number one tax relief firm. Optimus Tax Professionals specialize in the Fresh Start Initiative, a powerful IRS program that can save you thousands if you qualify. In fact, the experts at Optima have resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. Call now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we'll finish with this story. A headline, scientists warn that within six months, humanity will run out of things to call racist. That's right. Uh, this is out of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, 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 calling brand new things racist that no one would ever have thought could be racist is fun, and everybody knows it. But as each new day, people uh, breathlessly inform us of the racist history of things like crossword puzzles and punctuality. Scientists are warning of an impending catastrophe. At this current rate of coming up with new things that are racist, warned racism scientist Frank Green, we'll run out of new things to call racist by the end of this year, unquote. Anti-racism activists met this news with both fear and denial. Quote, running out of new things to call racist would be devastating, said activist Brooke Snyder. I mean, you only get attention if you come up with something no one knows is racist. You can't just say things like ethnic slurs are racist. Everyone knows that, unquote. Benny Malone, though, is one of those skeptical of the warning from scientists. We'll always be able to find new things that are racist, he said. Just watch me. He thought for a moment, I got a new one. <laughs> Toothpaste is racist. <laughs> I think I can end with that, can I, Mike? I think, and I agree with him. If you think about it, I can come up with a couple reasons. Toothpaste, it's racist. I'm going to stop using it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.